Welcome back to the Scoreboard Show, brought to you by the Packwood Locker of Packwood, Iowa. I uh, also want to read uh, a message from a couple new sponsors that we got. Uh, Wayland State Bank, over 90 years of being a community-minded, just like you, located in Wayland, Winfield, and Mount Pleasant. And also a brand new uh, sponsor, Girling Repair of Winfield, Iowa. If your mower is dead, call Fred, your Husqvarna and Aaron's dealer. Well, uh, uh, we're going to take you all around, Lee, get everything out. The auto isn't as, as good as I'd like to have it on here. You may have to adjust the volume a little bit because I didn't uh, quite get it all set up. Uh, sometimes that happens when I go to a game. Uh, but you're going to hear about all the action around uh, uh, the state. And uh, thanks for being with us. Enjoy this uh, as we go all around Welcome back to the Packwood Locker Scoreboard Show. Uh, the Winfield Mount Union sponsor. We got a couple sponsors of Winfield Mount Union. John, you go ahead and read those off. Okay. What a game tonight here in Pekin School. Man. Uh, Girling Repair of Winfield, Iowa. If your mower is dead, call Fred, your Husqvarna and Aaron's dealer. Wayland State Bank, over 90 years of being community minded, just like you. Located in Wayland, Winfield, and Mount Pleasant. Well, we had the Eichelberger Farms. Uh, Cam Buffington was the uh, Eichelberger Farms player of the game. But this was a one. What was the final score here? Was it 58-51? Yes. 58-51. Uh, but it was a much closer game. In fact, Beacon was at least ahead for almost all the game until maybe four minutes left in the fourth period. Very exciting game, John. And, and, and they came out running and gunning. There, there wasn't a... They weren't using a lot of time on the clock. They were tying everything to get down to their end and score before Winfield Mount Union could set up for it and, and defend it. And it worked for a while. Well, uh, Pekin came in riding high on a three-game win streak uh, that was started by Round Guy Radio. Uh, I'd like to take 100% credit for, oh, for that. Oh, as you should. Uh, <laughs> but uh, they uh, they came out like a, like a house on fire tonight. They played great. Uh, I got nothing, but I, I came, I'm coming out of the way with nothing but respect and admiration for the Pekin Panthers. They played like this all game long. They did. Uh, and they are going up against the, probably the top 20, top 10 team in the state, somewhere around that range. Well, I'll tell you, I think it was at least a three shakalaka, boom shakalaka game. That is, uh, I mean, I think uh, we're getting a lot of boom shakalakas out of everything. All right. Well, thank you for being with us, John. We will wrap around the rest of the league. I appreciate your time. Yes. We are sliding over to uh, Wapolo, Iowa, as Eichelberger Farms uh, presents Waco basketball. Waco was uh, playing Wapolo. We got Jeff Mills on the phone and went to the game. Welcome to the program, Jeff. Thanks for having me, buddy. Well, what, what do you know? Well, uh, Waco coming out on top on this one, 54 to 30. Um, it was kind of it was a closer game than the score. Uh, in the end, uh, really was. It was 27-20 at halftime, and Wapolo played pretty pretty tough against this Waco team, but Waco's coming off three games in five days, and you could kind of tell, I think, fatigue was setting in with some of the kids, but uh, Waco, in the end, they come out 18-5 in the third quarter. I scored Wapolo 18-5 in the third quarter, and uh, <coughs> just held on 54-30 final. Well, all the teams are really stepping it up in the second half, and it, it seems like uh, Wapolo is it wouldn't surprise me. Waffle plays teams like Waco almost every every game, you know. Yeah, so. yeah absolutely they do. And they're getting better. Uh, uh, they're definitely 
definitely making progress. So. All right. Well, any scores or anybody you want to talk about in the game? Uh, for Waco, it was pretty uh, – Hunter Hughes, I think, led the way. I don't have final stats, but um, I know Hunter Hughes probably led the Waco team in scoring. But aside from that, it was pretty uh, evenly balanced. They had um, Hunter Hughes and, like I said, Mason Miller contributed, Colton Lackey, Simeon Reichenbach, Odie, Colton – or I said that already <laughs> – Cody Graver, that was the other one I was thinking. They all contributed on the scoring end for Waco, so it was pretty balanced attack for them offensively. And, man, when they stop that press on teams, they're, they're hard to be. They're relentless. They're coming at you tenfold the whole game, and it just wears teams down. Yeah, it is. They're, they are a juggernaut. Well, uh, uh, did you get any dunks? No, there were no dunks tonight. Simeon almost got one, but ended up laying it up. But that's all right. There'll be plenty of highlights to share. Well, you got some good highlights from the game? Yeah, absolutely. Yep. All right, Jeff. Well, anything else before I let you go? I don't think so, man. Well, we're moving pretty fast today, so we will move around. Thanks, uh, Jeff uh, Mills of Real Smart Videos. Thank you for being with us. We are going to Colfax Mingo, Iowa, and talk to the voice of the Toyota Eagles, Andy McGuire, Toyota Eagles, sponsored by a Davis Salon and Physical Therapy Services of Kelowna. Welcome to the program, Andy. Hey, Dave, how's it going? Well, uh, I understand the Toyota Eagles bounced back after a real tough uh, game with uh, uh, North Mahaska Warhawks. Uh, and put a, put a win on the board tonight. Let us know uh, about the game. Sure. Keo Eagles score the win against the winless, keeping Colfax Mingo winless, 84-43 on the west coast of the Sickle Conference. Well, uh, must have shot pretty well tonight to, put it, uh, to get up in the 80s. Uh, uh, that seems to be uh, um, when uh, the Keo Eagles are shooting and hitting them points and, and everything's flowing. Nobody can beat them. Yeah, that's right. They did a really nice job getting the ball dished around tonight. A lot of different scores on the floor. And uh, Colfax Mingo, um, bottom line is they just need some help for that roster. They had a, a, friend, a sophomore, Harrison Roan, that was their leading scorer. And I think he led the team probably in scoring tonight. But uh, top to bottom, Colfax Mingo just couldn't keep up with Kiota. Well, Kyoto is a great team, and and uh, uh, you better uh, bring your lunchbox when you're going to play them because they uh, really have the ability. Now, uh, in North Mahaska down the stretch, we shot a bunch of fruitless threes uh, that didn't bear any fruit anyway. Uh, instead of playing that inside game that we mostly do, uh, was there a lot of uh, three point shots? How are we shooting? And or did we go back to the inside game that that we're so good at? tonight against Colfax Mingo. Evan Minuto had a big night. Uh, Sawyer Stout shot uh, quite a few shots. I think he probably led uh, Keogh's team in scoring. Tanner Waterhouse came off the bench, hit, I think, three threes and had uh, maybe two more points on top of that, so probably 11. I don't have a stat sheet in front of me, but it uh, was a team effort for sure. Um, you know, much more like what the Montezuma game was. Uh, Keogh got the, the nice one against Montezuma. With the exception, I would say there's a lot more role players uh, contributing tonight against, uh, you know, the bottom side of that West Sickle Conference foe, Colfax Mingo. Well, we played uh, uh, teams like 
um, Belle Plain. We, we got wins against really quality teams like Belle Plain, uh, like uh, Montezuma that you mentioned, you know. Uh, our losses are all a real, real high-quality teams. North Mahaska's, uh, Waco's, uh, Linville, Sully's. I mean, Linville, Sully, and Waco still to this day, I don't think have lost a game, have they? No, they have not. So, uh, yeah, massive juggernauts. Uh, uh, we played really well with Linville, Sully. We played really, really well with uh, North Mahaska. Uh, I could see a, a rematch of that one where we'd be on top. So, uh, uh, Eagles are flying high. Who would you give the uh, Eichelberger Farm uh, Player of the Game award to? Yeah, that's a tricky question. I've been thinking about that one for a while since I had uh, plenty of time on the ride home eastbound and down from Colfax Bingo. Um, you know, I could talk about Sawyer Stout. He had a lot of points in the night, shot the ball well. I could talk about uh, Evan Benito really cleaning up on the glass, putting shots up and in. But I think tonight I'd probably give it to Cole or Killer Kindred. Oh! Um, we talk about him quite a bit, and I don't think he filled the stat sheet up of points, but he was really dishing the ball around tonight, and uh, we talk about him every week, and Sawyer's had his comeuppance, and so has Evan, but I think we need to talk about Cole Kinner a little bit more. So well, the, to Cole tonight. the killer, uh, at least the first period and, and, and most of the second period of the of the North Mahaska game, had about maybe the best uh, stretch a uh, little run there of about any player I've, I've seen all all season long. He was absolutely phenomenal. Uh, what's going on with the kid? He's just every game he just steps it up and steps it up and steps it up. And now he's becoming one of the elite players in high school basketball around here. Such a quiet kid. Coach Scott always talks about that. You know, I know that coaches mentioned that on uh, some of your interviews, how quiet Cole is. And he is. And, uh, you know, again, he doesn't draw a lot of attention to himself, but he is just quietly, you know, developed into such a good uh, distributor of the ball. He can score. He can penetrate. He kicks the ball out well. You know, he's so aggressive. He's so consistent. Um, he was lucky to have a kid play on the floor like Cole, night in and night out. And like I said, he might not lead the team in scoring every single night, but I guarantee you that he's uh, affecting the game. So I think it's good to, to mention him. Cole, uh, the silent killer, I guess. Well, I don't uh, – I did have someone text me the score, uh, but uh, uh, North Mahaska, Mahaska handled uh, uh, Sigourney somewhere around 15 points-ish. Uh, uh, that doesn't surprise me too much. Do you have any thoughts on that game? surprise me either. Um, North Mahaska is an absolute quality team, you know, on the top side of the civil conference and going to be a real tough opponent uh, in the postseason. You know, with Braden Steele, when he plays aggressive, when he gets on the block and asserts his uh, will, that's a tough team to beat. And then you throw Nash Smith um, on the outside shooting that ball with his length. And uh, Lane Harmon as their point guard and the rest of that roster. That's a really tough group. Yeah, they um, and then that Anderson, uh, he kind of is that third wheel uh, on that inside uh, uh, game. And and I told Coach Islick about that. I says, you know, I says, I says they they, they kind of run this triangle defense on you. And when that Anderson's in there, they're even tougher. And uh, I I probably think uh, uh, it was a lot of outside shooting. I don't think uh, um, the Savages probably got to got to get to the basket too much. Yeah, I would guess so too. And you're right about Nolan Anderson. 
you know, he's a really nice addition to that team as far as, you know, for maybe last year stepping up a little bit more. I know he probably played some, but he's just such a strong kid, broad shoulders. And, uh, you know, again, with uh, Lane Harmon as their point guard and Nash Smith shooting the ball outside with his length, you know, I, I think you'll look at him, you think, boy, that's a post player right there. But he steps up, he can shoot the ball, he can rebound. Uh, that's a good, that's a, that's a tough matchup inside and out for North Mahaska. Um, but, you know, Sigourney's pretty young, and uh, I don't know if they've gotten over those injuries and that, the, the, the Yeah, they're getting close. Uh, uh, Shafronik is, is close to coming back. Uh, he may be. It looks like a 69-42 final score there. Well, uh, while I got you here, there's one more game I guess you could comment on. It's another uh, sickle conference uh, uh, uh uh, Linville Sully 73, English Bears 36. Uh, uh, that doesn't surprise me either. No, not at all. Again, Linville Sully has absolutely been the cream of the crop in the Sickle Conference, in my opinion. Uh, one of the better uh, teams in Class 1A in, in Southeast Iowa, if not the state. Um, if you're the, one of the better teams in, in the Southeast uh, side of the state, 1A, I think you're going to be competitive in the state because that's putting you in the ranks of Waco. Well, I know you have a full-time job and a, a wonderful wife and a, and a full family, and uh, I appreciate the six to eight hours a week that you spend here on Rock High Radio. <laughs> on top of all that. Well, I got one more game I was going to ask you about since I've already already gone this far uh, with your time. I should take a few more minutes of it. And uh, your Washington Demons uh, get a win against the Kyoto Chiefs, uh, 69-45. to 45. Uh, Washington wins one, loses one, wins one. They've done it all season long, uh, but it looks like things were firing in all cylinders tonight, coming out with a mighty big win. Uh, Against the Kyoto Chief or the Kyoto Chiefs, uh, any thoughts on the Washington Demons? I think it's uh, no surprise that they picked that one up. That's uh, definitely one of those must-win games, and uh, I'd love to see the stat lines on that one to see how Peter Patterson did and how those uh, six triplets, you know, dust six triplets, not six triplets. That'd be a lot of kids, but uh, how those guys did. In that game, I'm assuming they probably all had a decent uh, round and probably got into the bench a little bit against what is, you know, the Kingdom Chiefs, the bottom side of the Southeastern Conference. So, no surprise there, but it's, uh, again, a good quality team. And uh, I haven't had a chance to check scoreboards out, but I'll be curious to see how, you know, Fairfield, Mount Pleasant, and Fort Madison did in that conference to see how that thing shuffles because it is an absolute uh, bow race uh, there on the Southeastern side. Well, they remind me of this nursery rhyme I used to hear when I was a kid. It was about this girl. I can't remember what her name was, but when she was good, she was very, very good. And when she was bad, she was horrid. Uh, but uh, Washington Demons come out on top. 
And it doesn't matter what they do in these non-conference games. Uh, they are still in first place in one of, the, you know, at least tied for their share of first place uh, in one of the best, most exciting conferences in the state of Iowa, the, the, the SEC. This is a, a 3A basketball, uh, one of the finest. One of the finest groups uh, tonight uh, already reported that Burlington beat uh, uh, Fort Madison. So uh, that's as far through the scoreboard as I need to go uh, with you, uh, with your area of expertise, the Sickle and the uh, Washington uh, uh, Demons. Did, anything else you want to say? Oh, did you, did you give me a beyond the bench? Benches off the bench player of the game. I'm hoping it's uh, my my favorite right fielder. That's who it is, Dave. I was going to surprise you with it, but you called me. So, yeah, absolutely. Tanner Waterhouse, drilling the three tonight, knocking him two, getting aggressive. The kid has an absolute pure stroke. If you've ever seen him shoot the ball, shoots it really well. Uh, but so happy to see him come out and have a good night. So, kudos to, to Tanner Waterhouse, the right field wrecking man. Well, if we had to give it to Spider-Man, you'd have to build another trophy case. He, well, I just want to sit by one of the uh, other parents, and I said, all right, you're going to watch this game with me, and you're going to help me pick out a uh, player of the game and the Beyond Beautiful Benches player of the game. And uh, he goes, well, you've got to give it to, to Aiden, don't you? And I said, well, uh, I've done that a couple of times, and I can't keep doing that because somebody's going to call me out on it. So, um, yeah, Aiden had a good game tonight. Melton uh, had a good game tonight. Like I said, we weren't really deep in the bench. Uh, Chase Hafley came in, Chase Searin. Uh, we saw, we had Ashton Thomas uh, knocked down a three, I think. Uh, Jace Kalupa made it out there. So we really made it deep in the bench and uh, gave a lot of guys some opportunities. So you can see all those guys get out there and play. And Tanner takes it, you know, on a, on a deep run from a full roster. Well, three threes, doing pretty good from coming off the bench. Uh, so glad that a lot of those kids, uh, uh, the, they sure didn't play a deep bench uh, against. Uh, uh, North Mahaska, they really couldn't, and uh, uh, the starters had to go a little deep. And then, how's Aiden Anderson? Is he back to playing? Yeah, he's back healthy. And you know, North Mahaska is such a tough matchup because they do have that length, you know, like we said, with all those guys, Smith, Steele, Anderson, that height is tough to match up against, especially with that bench that we have where you know the guards are, uh, you know, the, the I guess I would call them the upperclassmen on that bench. You know, between Waterhouse and Siren, um, and I guess Chase Hafley is a freshman, but he's played so much basketball. He plays it like a junior, sophomore, junior. So uh, it's tough to bring those guys in when you have that height that differential. But uh, it was great having Aiden Anderson back and uh, sorely missed against that North Mahaska squad. Yeah, he's a big presence out there. He's one of our starters, one of our scorers, one of our defensive guys, one of our high-energy high guys, you know. He, he's uh, they're they're always better when he's on the floor. Well, uh, gosh, uh, thanks for being with us, Andy. Uh, we've been talking to Andy McGuire uh, from Colfax Mingo with the Kyoto Eagles report and the Sickle report and uh, Washington Demons report. All of his specialties. Uh, thanks for being with us, Andy. We are swinging back to Mount Pleasant, Iowa, as we talk to Andy Kretzinger of the Southeast Iowa Union. Andy, we got most of the scores uh, around the area already reported, but I just wanted to kind of hear your general thoughts. You were at the Mount Pleasant Fairfield game, as uh, we as we heard from Andy Kretz or as we heard from Nathan Piercy. Uh, but uh, you know, just your thoughts in general about all the scores, and and uh, well, give us your your thoughts on that. Uh, uh, 
Fairfield uh, Mount Pleasant game. Well, yeah, well, you know, the beginning of the game, uh, it was all Fairfield for that first quarter, and it kind of had the same flow as uh, last last year when they played in Mount Pleasant. Fairfield won that game. Uh, and it was the first win for Fairfield in Mount Pleasant in a, in a, in a few games when, when they did that, pull that off. And kind of felt like that in the first quarter. Fairfield was able to score inside. They were able to slow it down. They were hitting their shots from outside. Um, but as the night wore on, you know, in the second quarter, it was, it was 19-9 um, after the first quarter. And then Mount Pleasant had got it all the way down to one. And then eventually it was a three-point Fairfield lead at halftime. And at halftime, the feeling was, you know, the Mount Pleasant was kind of had, had gained some momentum. Um, Fairfield turned the ball over quite a bit today. That's, that's what one of Mount Pleasant's main strengths is that they're just really good at forcing turnovers, especially with uh, in the half court. Uh, you know, when the other team's trying to set up an offense, it just seems like uh, Mount Pleasant, uh, before too long, is going to start tipping them away, get steals. Peyton Haggins had a lot of those little steals and run-out layups. Because Mount Pleasant uh, shot really bad uh, in the first half, I thought. Uh, but then eventually, you know, you know, uh, Fairfield cooled off a little bit, and uh, Mount Pleasant... Uh, was hitting their shots a little more, and they had the Mount won the second quarter, fifteen to two, uh, and then uh, you know Fairfield made a little run in the fourth, but just could never get back in it. But I, I'd say Fairfield hit their shots in the first half, Mount Pleasant hit in the second half. But the difference was that in both halves, you know Mount Pleasant was getting those little steals and a couple of fast break layups and and kind of the cheapy points like that, and that's kind of been what has carried Mount Pleasant to to where they are, which is uh, now uh, still tied in first place. Um, they're, they're tied in first place uh, with Washington right now because Washington did win uh, tonight in Keokuk. Um, let's see what the final score was that in Keokuk. Um, Ethan Patterson with 30 points, and Washington beats Keokuk 69-45. to So those two teams face a couple scores in the Fairfield Mount Pleasant game. Uh, J.J. Lane from Fairfield led all scores with 18. Uh, Aiden Ashton uh, and Peyton Haggins had 17 and 16 for Mount Pleasant. Um, and next week had 14, which is below for him, you know. Um, uh, Mount has got three folks that play a lot that they could kind of, you know, trade in and off, trade in and out. You know, it's, it's a daunting task to try and uh, guard him. Uh, and Mount Pleasant's kind of got the bodies, so 14 points. You know, now you'll, you'll take that every time if you're the team that's playing against Fairfield. Well, I, uh, uh, I got a text. Here's a game I'd like to talk about. Uh, I don't have the details, and I don't have the score exactly in front of me, but uh, do you know who Meepo played? Uh, let me see here. Who did Meepo play tonight? Let's see if I can get this going. Uh, they would have played a South team. They didn't play West Burlington because Holy Trinity played West Burlington, played West Burlington tonight. Did they play Notre Dame tonight, I wonder? Well, they won. Uh, well, uh, I will check here. Hold on. Wow. We have some breaking news as uh, uh, the Minneapolis Bulldogs pull off a one-point win over Danville. Uh, you got a final score for me on that one, Andy? Yeah, 54-53. That was in Danville, too. And what that does is uh, there's no stats on here yet. That takes Minneapolis from, uh, from fifth place in the conference in the Super Conference South. And they're now tied 5-4 with Danville. Those teams are only a game behind Burlington Notre Dame, so that's uh, – a change in the standings a little bit. You know, those top five teams are pretty close. West Burlington, New London, Notre Dame, Danville, and Mediapolis are, are all pretty darn good. So, uh, uh, you know what? Mediapolis, their last four games, they beat Van Buren County by five. They beat Winfield by Union by ten. 
they beat Central League by 20, and now a win at the end go by one. So Mediapolis is red hot right now. What a week they're having. They have come back from the break, kicked the door in, and uh, after kind of a slow start to the season, they are pushing uh, 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 pretty hard for a big uh, playoff, may even get a home uh, game in the playoffs, might even win the conference. Well, and uh, Minneapolis is a three-way, so they're out. They are not, you know, in the same um, district as the as the New Londons and West Air and uh, Notre Dame's Minneapolis will be right there with West Burlington and McCrary, and then probably in this, but more likely they'll, they'll draw the same. So, uh, yeah, I mean, they, they – uh, you know, we all knew they were going to be pretty good this year, and it was shocking that, they, that Winfield would lose to anybody by 10 points. Uh, but they got <coughs> in the second half against Winfield the other day, and uh, they have a pretty uh, a balanced team, I do believe. And, and yeah, four, four wins in a row for Minneapolis outside of uh, West Burlington, who's undefeated. Minneapolis has the <coughs> best uh, winning streak in the, in the South. Well, uh, I guess a good. Uh... A uh, little. I'll, I'll go over some scores with you, and then you can talk about anything. I'd like to know about the Burlington. How about we go to Burlington, uh, to the Burlington, or actually Fort Madison is where this game is, right? Yes, I have that. Let's see here. Um, that is uh, Burlington sixty-three, Fort Madison forty-six. Uh, that was a pretty close game up until the fourth quarter, and then Burlington was able to pull away. So uh, one thing I've been impressed with is that Fort Madison and the Kiefer. Lately, here late, lately have been giving the you know the four top teams in the conference some, some pretty close games in the beginning of the year. Those, those teams are having trouble keeping up with teams, so they gave Burlington a pretty good good game. But uh, Burlington by seventeen, and they are still uh, one one of the three one loss teams in the SEC right now. Definitely right in that uh, conference championship race. Well, actually, I think uh, Fort Madison might even have a winning record. Uh, uh, they won a lot of non conference games and stuff, but. Uh... I think something is brewing down there uh, in Fort Madison. Uh, I think they, I think they're going to sting somebody in this uh, uh, second half. What do you think? Yeah, well, they, they, you know they have that crazy comeback against Mount Pleasant where they only lost by one, and you know tonight they were giving um, Burlington a a good game. Let's see, they beat Central Lee the other day. Um, they were kind of still hung up against Washington. They lost by twenty there, but. Um, they play, uh, let's see, they play at uh, Holy Trinity tomorrow night, and they still have everybody to go. You know, I think, um, what, they've played Burlington twice now, and they've played Mount Pleasant twice now, but, and that's two of the top teams. So uh, it'll be interesting to see. They got Keokuk coming up, they got at Fairfield coming up, they, they host Washington, and, and so they've got, they, they don't have an easy schedule because outside of the SEC, they still to play Notre Dame. Um, and uh, Clark County, Missouri, which is pretty good, and Muscatine and the Tumla. So uh, they certainly don't have uh, any cakewalks coming up. But uh, oh, but apparently there's a cake auction tomorrow uh, when they play Holy Trinity. So that was a beautiful segue. That was that was, a that was incredible. You uh, uh your well, before I let you go, I'm going to talk about this uh, Facebook Live uh, stuff you're going to do. Uh, which I'm incredibly excited about. But uh, before I, I, I get into that, I want to, before I let you go, uh, find out if you know anything about Mid Prairie. See what we can find out. Now, uh, while you're looking, uh, do you have any comments about their game with Regina that they won at the Extreme Arena in Coralville? in the standings, I do believe. It was a comeback win. 
58-52 the other day. By the way, they played after tonight. That score is not quite it. Um, but uh, one thing I uh, was impressed with on this is that Alex Dean scored 21 points um, and Ace Tech had 11. So, um, you know, the, the kids that kind of need to step up over here uh, are doing so. Um, you know, I thought the card has been the, um, the guy for them lately. And all of a sudden, Alex Dean just drops 21 points, which is pretty darn impressive. Well, Mid-Prairie was going to play at Wells Fargo uh, against a team out west, but because of uh, some bad weather out west, uh, that that game wasn't able to happen. But he is able to get this uh, game at the Extreme Arena. And what do you think, you know, what do you you think that the Mid-Prairie is getting out of uh, trying to play in some of these bigger arenas, getting to play in the spotlight? Big, you know, these these big arenas in this really uh, maybe an environment that they might have to face in the uh, playoffs. Yeah, well, I agree. I think that's part of the strategy is you want you want the playoff like atmosphere, and, and it's not really because when you play in the these big ones when they're far away, like if they would play at Wells Fargo, it probably would have been a quieter game. I've been to one of those games before because it's just it's hard for everyone to get out. But playing in a bigger stadium, playing like a, a showdown type thing helps them, and I think that you know, Mid Prairie. The two A bracket is more, um, I wouldn't say weaker, but there are more teams with losing records and stuff that get in. You know, I remember last year, Mid-Prairie was able to kind of roll to the championship, and they lost a lot of um, guys. But I would love to see Mid-Prairie go against like a West Burlington again this year in the tournament. You know, I think that they could they could beat those guys or at least give them a really good game just by basically losing like six, seven guys from last year's team. So, um, yeah, I mean, Mid-Prairie's kind of been – for how many they've lost, it's kind of been the surprise of the area. You would have thought they would take a bigger dip than they have, but I mean, beating Regina and in Iowa City, and you know they're seven and uh, four right now, depending on what happens. Maybe eight and four right now, so uh, they're one of our, our stronger teams again, again this year. No, well, a, a big win for Mid Prairie, but uh, is there any plans for that Extreme Arena to host any substates or playoff games or anything like that? They could. I, I would think they would probably. Games and maybe like a substate final for a probably 3A. Um, usually, the rule kind of is that the 1A and 2A teams usually play in a 3A, uh, 3A-ish school. Um, so, you'll have finals at Washington and Mount Pleasant, Fairfield, stuff like that. And then, usually, the a lot of times the 3A games will be played, you know, at Iowa City West or Iowa City High or Extreme Arena or, or, um, or School Burlington or schools like that. So, I wouldn't be surprised if there's a substate final there if it's you know, say Xavier playing someone from the Southeast or something like that. Well, if Kyoto hadn't had uh, uh, North Mahaska that night, I probably would have went up there and uh, covered that game because I love that stuff, you know. Uh, uh, and it looked like there was a big crowd and exciting and it was loud in there. Uh, what about Cardinal? Do you got a scar for Cardinal for me or a Tumwa or any of that uh, side of the state? Depending on who else played tonight, but um, if they won that, that would have been their third 
win in the South Central Conference. The South Central Conference is pretty good this year. Um, you know, Clark and Eddie Bill Blakesburg and, and those schools aren't always that great at boys basketball, but uh, let's see here. Eddie Blakesburg, did you get a score on them? Uh, I, I guess only, my only source on that Western stuff is uh, Jacob Lenzendorf. Let's see, I Let me see if he's got his Twitter going or something. I got the girls. I got the girls score. Girls look like they lost by about ten here. Where where is the uh are on GoPitch TV? Is there uh here we go. Uh I'm gonna just skip to the end of this uh Facebook video here. Oh, it was a close game. Okay, I I got it looks like the Bulldogs won. But that might be girls score. As it happens?
Uh, but it was it was fun to watch. And boy, uh, proud proud of uh, Pekin Panthers, proud of Winfield for holding that big bear down tonight. But uh, uh, well, let's talk about the Southeast Iowa Union Facebook Live uh, shows that are coming on. You uh, have you already done the wrestling premiere event or? And so we've been doing our show, our, our show on uh, 2 o'clock on Wednesday, Southeast Iowa Sports Talk. And then we also have news for, you know, the news stuff. Um, they have news breaks and they have a, a, a Washington actually has their own coaching show. Um, it's hosted by somebody else on the channel. Um, and now we've kind of dipped our toe into live broadcasting games, which is getting, you know, a, a camera set up with a couple of cameras and a, a board so you can switch back and forth kind of like they do on um, GoSCC and GoPitch.tv which is kind of the people we talk to a little bit um, to get this going so they did wrestling last night with Mount Pleasant at Washington uh, which is only about it was not even an hour because it was just a duel but we, they only did those two but we have uh, some announcers that are in there um, and you know as we go maybe we'll have a little some sideline reports and stuff I'm hoping that we'll have a couple basketball games in this year um, you know, we only have a month or so for that, but that's something we're exploring, and hopefully we can have a, a little more of those live events uh, throughout the throughout the uh, um, year, or at least in the next year, and hopefully by the football season next year, we can really get some good stuff going. Well, I am super excited. I don't know what's going on, but uh, there is uh, there's never any room in any gym that I'm going to. The the interest in high school sports around here. It's just off the charts, and uh, with you uh, providing some more coverage, uh, the interest is only going to grow. And uh, so what other events are you going to have coming up that we can watch Facebook Live uh, and on the YouTube uh, uh, that you guys are providing? That's a good question. We haven't, we haven't locked up yet. I know they wanted to do wrestling first because, um, like, like, my publisher is actually one of the people that ran the game. So they're kind of just – they, they, they figured wrestling, you're on a mat, it's going to be easier to follow the action you know, for the cameraman um, as we're doing this. Because Nick Steffens, who's the producer of our show, he does a lot of our video stuff, he was running a camera and running the board and everything, you know, so he had, so they, they wanted one that was a little easier. I, I hope that they go into a basketball game, but basketball would be a lot harder, you know, because um, you're running up and down the court instead of, you know, wrestling. The two athletes don't move around as much, you know, so... Um, we haven't got anything set up yet, but we're probably maybe in a couple of weeks we'll, we'll give it another shot. And um, it would be really cool if we could make it a, you know, we, we're not going to broadcast everything on sure because we'd almost have to hire more people to do that. Uh, but, you know, we're just trying to do more video components and and, and stuff like that and broaden our uh, horizons a little bit. Well, I think uh, the, the, the possibilities are endless. Uh, uh, your show, I watch it every week. Uh, every week and every week, I get stuff out of it, you know. Uh, uh, you guys are doing a great job. Hunter's doing a great job. Uh, um, that Stefan's guy, uh, he's making it all happen, I think. I mean, I think every single thing that's going on behind the scenes, he's doing it. Uh, uh, you got a skeleton crew over there, and you're putting an umbrella over uh, a good chunk of southeast Iowa. And, uh, gosh, this is all such exciting uh 
uh, the coverage just gets better and better and better. Round Guy Radio is uh, just barnstorming through southeast Iowa. And every game I pick out is just off the charts, ridiculously good. You know, I mean, I don't need, look, I don't need the NFL or the NBA or, gosh, I haven't watched professional bowling even uh, for a while. Uh, this is, uh, this is what, but hey, uh, 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 I heard something about a woman's professional uh, pool uh, tournament or something in Fairfield. Did you hear anything about that? Well, that's uh, something we're going to have to do a podcast about that. But yes, people, uh, professional, uh, talk to Daryl Hamilton, uh, uh, city council, excuse this, uh, he recently was a supervisor, uh, but he is a professional pool uh, referee. Uh, well, hey, Facebook Live it. Facebook Live that. There's your event. There, there's your there's your angle and your hook. Uh, well, stick with me, kid. I got an idea a minute. Uh, yeah. we'll, we'll have this whole uh, thing covered like a blanket. Well, Andy, is there anything else uh, you want to say before we wrap up this uh, scoreboard show? We are talking to Andy Kretzinger of the Southeast Iowa Union, and uh, nobody beats the bushes harder than you. Uh, we ran into you at the Waco game uh, Monday to Friday, quite a week, huh? Well, when people see you out there working that hard, uh, they're starting to get behind you. We picked up three new sponsors this week, and uh, I'm going to be reading uh, some uh, sponsors' names and responses. So thank you guys for listening. Andy, is there anything else you want to say before I let you go? I don't think so. We broke enough news tonight to, uh, to, 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 to set the AP on fire. Well, uh, thank you for being with us, Andy, and thank you so much for uh, – Given our listeners so, so much great information, you and everybody else around here. Uh, yeah, thank you, you as well. well, that's why we live around here because people are friendly and uh, uh, share with each other and help each other. Uh, no matter what it is, or what you're trying to do, Southeast Iowa, any small town America, uh, it's still America and it's still a great night and everything's wonderful. So uh, this has been the scoreboard show. Thank you for Thank you so much for listening.